You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to System Check, the Hit the Books pilot spinoff show, where we preview all elite wrestling's events specifically through the lens of their soon-to-exist merit system. I am Ryan Nightsey. On July 13th in Jacksonville, Florida, all Elite Wrestling will have their event titled Fight for the Fallen, a wrestling-slash-charity event where the proceeds from the event will go to the Victim Assistance Advisory Council to help victims of violent crimes. There are seven confirmed, eight possible matches on the card where I will look through each one and examine the stats and records of each wrestler participating in each match. As of July 11th, the official AEW Merit System does not fully exist yet, so I'm working off the Merit System that I've created and updated myself. With all that being said, let's get started. Let's start strong with the buy-in in that six-man tag that consists of Darby Allen, ranked number 5 out of 50 with one draw, Jimmy Havoc, ranked number 6 out of 50 with one loss, and Joey Janela, who is unranked currently with 0 against the team of MJF, ranked number 6 out of 50 with 0-1-0, Sammy Guevara, who is also ranked 6 out of 50 with 0-1-0, and Sean Spears, who has currently no ranking. Right off the bat, what makes this match interesting is that this is what I dub a loser's circle match. And what that means is that no one in this match has won anything yet. They have only lost Drew or had their match unaccounted for in the merit system. So because of that, the winner's side all earn a huge jump up the leaderboard, while the losing team will drop fairly hard. Basically what I'm saying here is that the winning team will be even closer to challenging for the AEW world title while the losing team will be getting farther and farther. So picturing an idea where one side of this team is away from the AEW world title at this moment is a little bit of a tough call. So because of that, let's look at the individual records on each side of the match to see if there's a way to predict the winning side. On one side, there is Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela. Again, with a win, they'll be having a nice head start in the new leaderboard. If they lose, they become the bottom. Can we see... Allen, Havoc, and Janela near the bottom of the leaderboard. On the other side of the ring, there is MJF, Guevara, and Spears. By just focusing in on MJF, it's hard not to say that he can't pull out a victory on his side because, you know, if we're looking at booking circles, he has been associated with the AEW world title picture in various segments with Hangman Adam Page and Brett the Hitman Hart. A win here can help him better achieve a match with Adam Page, assuming that Page ends up winning the title. The loss would put him at the bottom of the leaderboard, which is way farther away from the AEW world title. Now, there is the wild card that is the relationship between MJF and Sean Spears, who must wrestle on the same side of the ring. Both men are currently at odds over the Cody Rhodes chair shot at Fighter Fest. But can the two get along for the betterment of their leaderboard rankings and overall record? They're going to have to. Then, of course, there's the draw possibility. The safe bet. Everyone gets equal footing on the leaderboard and no one is hurt. You can easily do an angle where no MJF and Sean Spears cause the time to expire on accident. But my edge is going to go to the team of MJF, Santa Guevara, and Sean Spears, who will be able to pull the win out. MJF needs to win to stay within the title picture. Spears could use a win to eventually face Cody Rhodes, 
Plus, Sammy gets the treat of victory. Darby Allen will have a loss, but, you know, based on his evolved run, he is better at working from the bottom of the card to the top. Joey Janela will then earn a loss as his first record, but that's fine for now. You know, he's starting off with a loss, but that's okay. But the bad news here comes with Jimmy Havoc, where the dismay of the English audience, he will become 0-2-0, making him pretty much dead last in our leaderboard. Next up at the buy-in, we have a match between Sonny Kiss and the librarian Peter Avalon, both who are unranked because they have not yet had a match in Elite Wrestling. Like all matches in this young promotion, they are still completely fresh matches to be had. And as much as people, including myself, greatly dislike the librarian gimmick, you cannot deny that AEW can deliver in fresh matches that aim to bolster talent. And I believe that is the aim here, to bolster talent. Quite literally, with putting my conspiracy hat on, I believe greatly that that is what the librarian gimmick is being used for, to bolster talent. When it comes to the librarian gimmick, AEW is using quote-unquote go-away heat to promote their baby faces and give them wins. The librarians obviously don't need wins right now, and maybe not for a while. The librarians create go-away heat, but not like Baron Corbin heat, where they're still winning matches and in main event tile pictures. Librarians are, as many people forget that they are, in the buy-in, in the preview, not even on the main card. And they are allowing fresh faces like Allie to get wins and climb the leaderboard. So that's my prediction for this match. Expect this match to be sealed with a kiss, with Sonny picking up the victory and climbing right up the leaderboard. And before we move on to the main card, we must talk about that this potential matchup, or two additional matches, of Britt Baker, who has been announced in action at Fight for the Fallen, and the debuting B. Priestley, who was also announced to be having a match at Fight for the Fallen. Whether it be against each other or against different opponents, it is interesting to see what would happen. Of course, B. Priestley, who is the World of Stardom champion right now for the promotion Stardom, is coming in unranked. So a win here would be nice, nice to bolster relationship with Stardom, but would also be nice in her record leaderboard and poster roughly in the middle of the pack near the top. Of course, there is Britt Baker. Assuming she has a match of her own, she is currently ranked number two out of 16 with one win. If she is able to pick up a victory, she then becomes tied with Riho as number one contender in the division, assuming that Allie doesn't also win her match. But of course, there's the possibility that their matches will be against each other, and that becomes the greater issue. To me, that then becomes a pox situation. You have Britt Baker that someone looks like they're in the midst of getting a push, going against a champion of an international wrestling company, that being stardom. If B loses as champion, she will look you know, arguably weak against Baker, where Baker can then challenge for Priestley's title at stardom. It's similar in some ways as to why Pac couldn't lose. And why they had to have the whole drama surrounding the double or nothing match. The obvious choice here, of course, would be continue pushing Britt Baker to have her near that AEW women's title. But a loss to B Priestley is really not great for her. So my prediction instead is that this match will end in some sort of time limit draw, assuming that they have a match against each other. Britt Baker will stay at number two, but she's 
separated herself from the likes of Hukara Shida, Ryu Mizunami, and Ali, assuming Ali does not win her match. B Priestley, as a champion, will be safe in the draw time limit, and I'll put her solidly in the middle of the pack. This time limit draw will allow for best-case scenarios to save everyone while still putting Britt Baker in title contention. And let's move on to our main card. First up, we have the likes of SCU, ranked number 3 out of 10 with 1 win, 1 loss, and 0 draws. Against the likes of the Lucha Bros, who is ranked number 5 out of 10 with a 0-2-0 ranking. I'll be honest when I say that this match doesn't quite make a lot of sense to me. And and by that, I mean its existence. You know, I'm guessing it was meant as a way to draw more tickets because the ticket sales for Fight for the Fallen aren't doing so hot currently. But booking-wise, it scratches some heads. And the reason being is that both teams can't really lose right now. With a tag team tournament on the horizon and an opportunity at a buy somewhere, and apparently no triple threat happening here, these teams could both use the victory, especially the caliber of these tag teams. SCU and Olucha Bros are arguably some of the best tag teams in the world, yet in AEW, SCU is in the middle of the pack, while the Lucha Bros are currently on a losing streak and at the bottom of the leaderboard. Plus, there's a whole diatribe I have of why, why this match should be that triple threat match, but regardless, focusing on the match... Peering at records and streaks and tags made in matches, the edge, my edge, will go to SCU over the Lucha Bros. Personally, I want to say I think Lucha Bros need to win this match, but SCU are currently too good of a team to lose to what is currently a bad tag team. I mean, fun fact, at Fighter Fest, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix did not make a single tag to each other during their six-man tag match only to Laredo Kid. In other tag matches, they rarely go for pinfall attempts. Phoenix himself has been pinned in a match before, whereas Frankie and Sky never have. Frankie and Sky's only loss as a team with SCU comes from them not being pinned in the triple threat tag match. Plus, and let's not forget, they will have Christopher Daniels in their corner for this match. Sadly, the numbers don't lie here, and they spell disaster for the Lucha Bros. Next up is the women's match of Brandy Rhodes, who is currently unranked in the AEW Merit System, versus Allie, who is ranked number 2 out of 16, with one win. In a match that has been built for months, Brandy Rhodes will take on Allie, or at least assuming Brandy does. Putting that conspiracy cap back on my head says that Brandy is going to end up replacing herself in the match with the likes of maybe Awesome Kong or Nyla Rose or whoever she needs. The stress, you know, might get to her. But assuming Brandy Rhodes doesn't replace herself, this match is still too hard to tell numbers-wise since this is Brandy's debut match. So my edge here will have to go to Allie. She's on a hot streak of one victory at Firefest. Why not continue the streak and pick up another victory? In doing so, Allie will become tied number one contender with Riho and a possible Britt Baker. Next up is the matchup of Kenny Omega, who is ranked number four out of 50 with one win, one loss, and zero draws, versus Shima, who is also ranked number four out of 50 with one win, one loss, and zero draws. If last matchup was considered a toss-up, consider this match a coin flip off the Empire State Building. These two men are seemingly completely matched in the record books. 
They have lethal finishes. They have the same record, etc., etc. But when it comes to picking who the edge goes to, it's really a toss-up. Realistically, the only difference I could find is that Shima is victorious in singles competition, while Omega is not. If you're a sheer numbers guy, your edge will then go up to Shima. But keep in mind, Shima's single match against Christopher Daniels at Fighter Fest only lasted 9 minutes and 40 seconds, while Kenny Omega's single match loss happened in an even 27 minutes. So the issue now becomes a time limit. If Shima can find a way to keep Omega below 10 minutes, Shima will pull out the victory. But if Kenny Omega is able to exceed that 10-minute time limit, you'll be quite possibly looking at a one-wing and one-hand raised high in the air. Expect Kenny Omega to win this match. On the road to All Out and the AEW World title match of Adam Page versus Chris Jericho, we have a quick little pit stop of Adam Page, who is ranked number 3 out of 50 with one win, against Kip Sabian, who is also ranked number 3 out of 50 with one win. This is a similar toss-up of a match of the last two. Both Kip Sabian and Hangman Adam Page are tied in records at the moment. Although Page's battle royal win didn't count towards the record books, I'll count it towards his hot streak, meaning that Page will then end up getting the edge of having a hot streak of two versus Kip Sabian's hot streak of one. A win here will in fact put Hangman Adam Page above Chris Jericho on the leaderboards, heading into the world title match at All Out. So don't expect a Kip Sabian victory here. But if he is able to squeak one out, he would then have the right to challenge Adam Page after All Out, assuming Page wins the title. Plus, Page would then lose his hot streak and has to start cold against a commanding and demanding Chris Jericho. Personally and stat-wise, expect an Adam Page victory in this matchup. And finally, in our main event, we have the dream tag match up of Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks. Cody here is sitting pretty at number 2 out of 50 in singles competition with one win and one draw. Dustin Rhodes, however, is at number 5, sorry, number 6 out of 50 with one loss. While the Young Bucks in the tag team division are ranked number 2 out of 10 with one win. I should be saying here that their win here is not including their elite victory because the elite, I think we can argue that the elite will have more six-man tag matches in the future. So we can definitely consider that the elite are their own separate tag team while the Young Bucks are their own entity as well. However, their elite and Young Bucks victories do help Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson's individual single scores but that does not help each other's tag team scores. So that is why they are ranked number two out of 10 with one victory. But there are some interesting stats here. The Young Bucks, if they can pull out a victory, can be considered the number one tag team ranked overall tied with the best friends, who themselves have earned an opportunity to buy at All Out. So maybe they could eventually have a match against each other at All Out. And a very interesting stat that I've noticed is that if Cody could end up picking up the victory for his team here, he will then become the number one men's ranked overall. This means that if we're going by G1 scores, he will be having a record of 2-0-1, meaning his overall points are at 5, which of course then means he is the number one man ranked overall 
and would be considered the number one contender for the AEW world title after Chris Jericho and Adam Page. But let's talk about the match itself here. Now, Cody and Dustin Rhodes are working as a tag team, and they were right on the latest road too. They were once a great tag team, defeating The Shield. But the emphasis lies on the word were. They were a great tag team. A tag team that has not wrestled with each other in five years. Now, yes, blood is blood. Surely they can pick up where they left off. But that brothership talk goes right out the window when you remember that their opponents are also brothers and are considered one of the best tag teams in the world today, the Young Bucks. Cody and Dustin Rhodes are unproven in the tag team division of All Elite Wrestling, while the Young Bucks have proved themselves twice now. Cody's has a single win and a time limit draw, while Dustin has a loss in both record books and blood count. All numbers here lead to a Young Bucks victory. A win would then tie them up with the best friends, like I said, and maybe they could have that match at All Out. But again, the edge here goes to the Young Bucks. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of this pilot show, System Checked. If you like what you heard, please use the hashtag checked on Twitter to talk about what you liked about the show. And we'll be having more previews as it involves, as the show evolves. So be ready for the All Out preview around August 28th, 29th, right before All Out happens on August 31st. As the merit system has still yet to be announced, it's interesting to see what other ideas and discussions and stats will be coming out of this merit system talk. There already have been some changes between my last episode and this episode of the merit system, which have been adjusted accordingly. Plus, there are additional stats I've compiled in regards to deadlier finishers, weak finishers, the number of pins by different wrestlers, average match times by wrestler and divisions, plus the number of tags made in individual tag team matches. So if you have any other additional stats that you want to know about, please again use that hashtag checked. So until all out, until next time, have a good day. I love you and please stay elite.